Hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Free the Bishops. I'm your host, Carmelite Quotes, and our co-host, Rosary Mom, has this episode off. But uh, we're going to have a great discussion today because we've got a guest. And I'd like to introduce you to our friend, Pedro Molina. Welcome, Pedro. Hi, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, it's good to be with you. Pedro is a well-known editorial cartoonist for Confidencial, which is one of the leading independent media outlets from Nicaragua. But he's also a featured contributor to the Counterpoint newsletter on Substack, and you can find his work distributed by Go Comics. I just signed up for Go Comics today, as a matter of fact. You can also find his cartoons in Archimax Daily, is it pronounced Coase? I think it's chaos. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> you can it's, find it's him there. And his work frequently appears also in Politico and many other U.S. newspapers across the state, even, even in the hotbed of Mennonite, Indiana, which is... <laughs> So anyway, we last talked with Pedro uh, in 2023 during one of our bilingual spaces on X, uh, formerly known as Twitter. Now, Pedro keeps his fingers on the pulse in Nicaragua because, well, he does a cartoon for Nicaragua every day. Yeah. And um, so not only does he know Nicaraguan history, being a native Nicaraguan, Esteli, right? Yeah, yeah. But obviously, he's very up to date with the current events. So I'm just glad that we have a chance to chat a few minutes with him about everything that's happened, especially since the end of December in Nicaragua. So uh, why don't we just get right into it, Pedro? Yeah, let's go ahead. You know, um, there's one thing that I love about your, I'm going to call it Twitter, feed and that's the fact that you have had a pinned post for years now and it roughly translates into english for our listeners it says when you feel that you're overcome by fatigue that you're overcome by despair it's at those moments that we must remember with all the more reason the famous slogan in nicaragua let your mother surrender. Que se rinda tu madre. Let que your se rinda mother tu madre. surrender. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that famous phrase and, uh, you know, how that sums up for you what's been going on in the last five years? Yeah, I choose, I mean, when I put that and I decided to pin it on my Twitter, uh, it was a time when everybody was starting, you know, to really worry about where this scene uh, where everything that was happening in Nicaragua was going. And if you see the date, actually, I think I put it up in July or June 2018. I think, uh, honestly, I think it was July 18, 2018. Yeah, yeah. So as you can see, was still everything was still going on in Nicaragua at the time. And still, and even then, there was still a few, there were a few people, even at that time, they were starting to think, you know, where is this everything going? Are we going to get something out of this or not? And uh, and it, it was a little bit of despair, even at that that early on on, on everything. And um, and I decided to put up that uh, that uh, quote uh, because uh, 
it's a it's a very you know very strong quote that a lot of people of course it it became very popular during the revolution but i i i choose that one specifically because it's attributed to one uh, 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 Nicaraguan poet, Lionel Rugama, who happens to be from the same city than me. He, he was from Esteli. And, and he was killed by the Somosista uh, army back in the 70s together with another person. And, uh, and he, they were surrounded by uh, the, the armed guards of the Somoza dynasty. And they were asking them for, for them to surrender, right? And their answer was, que se rinda tu madre. So, yeah, it, it's something that we, Nicaraguans, we do understand in the context that when you think everything is lost, you know, you still have that fire inside you of, uh, uh, you know, challenging the situation. And, yeah, so that, that's why I choose that one. I think that's great. You know, uh, I'm checking back on your timeline and I see that you published that on July 12. Well, that's three days later after the mob descended on the priests and bishops in the Basilica de Riamba. So Mm -hmm. talk about things heating up. yeah, I even I can appreciate that, and I understand. You know, you've got a good sense of history. You've got a a, a good sense of of where the country has been, where the country's headed. I think um, better than most people I know, because you have to be such a a, a, a critical observer of yep. the situation. And what I wonder, you know, you say that uh, nobody saw April 2018 coming, uh, either from the opposition or the critics, or even from the regime saw it. But, uh, you know, you state that the long-term strategy against the Ortega-Murillo regime needs to work, you know, together so that the regime falls tomorrow. And, um, you know, when we think about you know, quesirinda tu madre, let your mother surrender. How does that fit together with today's situation? Well, the thing is that after so many years of struggle uh, and so many people who has lost their lives and some other people who has lost everything they had in Nicaragua, who has lost their country, even their nationality, it's indeed a very dark time for a lot of people. And uh, some of them have decided, you know, I can't continue this path. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to devote my time to myself and to support my family. And if they are in the exile, there is always the, you know, let's call it temptation, even when I don't think it's, it's the right word to use here, but I'm going to use it because of you know, my English is not the best. So anyway, yeah, so it's okay, of, Pedro. Of, of Your deciding, English is great. <laughs> thank you. Of deciding that, you know, I'm going to take care of, of, of myself and, and I need to provide for my family. So, you know, the fight for a free Nicaragua is going to to be lower in my priorities. And that's completely fine. That's completely, you know, something that anyone can understand. Uh, but there are some other people also who say, you know, okay, 
So I'm going to, con- to continue with this fight. I'm going to continue fighting for freedom in Nicaragua, but we have to think in a long term, okay? And in a way, thinking about the long term is saying we have to wait until this guy dies, basically. Right? Mm-hmm. And then right. see what can, what can we do with that. And I am not, I, I, I'm not happy with that. I, I, I don't subscribe to that uh, way of thinking. Why? Because I don't think things will improve, improve automatically if the dictator dies. I'm sorry, I don't see it that way. Some people tend to think that once Ortega is dead, everything is going to be easier and we're going to be able to... Uh, you know, go back uh, to Nicaragua and we have democracy right away and all that. And that's, for me, honestly, I don't see that happening just because. We have to work towards that. And we, and we can't be tempted to put all our hope in the death of, uh, of the dictator. Why? I think because, that, you girl, know, yeah. Yeah, his wife is there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and she, she wants... She wants to fill that spot as soon as that spot is available. And if not her, then we have one of their kids that they have been pushing lately, like the new face of the dictatorship, like Irán Ortega. And -hmm. if not him, we have at least eight more waiting behind him to take that spot. So if we are not prepared, if we don't think that in in, in a strategy strategy that it will help us you know, to, to, to solve this problem as soon as possible. We may lose our chance to solve it at all. And, um, and another thing that I, I, I was thinking when I wrote that and, and mentioning the fact that nobody saw April 2018 coming is that I'm always, always expecting the unexpected. Mm-hmm. It's, something, it's something that our history has teach us. You know, that uh, uh, with Nicaraguans, this is something that you should always count as a factor. You know, something may happen at any moment, at any time. And you better be ready for that. That's right. Well, you know, I think back to June 2013, Mm -hmm. when there were the previous uh, protests, if you will, and the youth standing up for the senior citizens who were just you know, manhandled by uh, the police. So what I'm thinking is, you know, if, if we knew this had happened in 2013, the people who um, were part of those INSS protests, certainly, certainly uh, they were, it seems to me they were prepared. The people were prepared to stand up for the rights once again when the new crackdown came and we're making yeah. changes to Social Security. Exactly. What do you mean? You think that everybody's just going to roll over and play dead? No, they yeah. remember what happened five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Then I, see, that's something, you know, that... Uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about. After two, after after what happened with Ocupa Inns, which is what you are mentioning right now, somebody could have told nothing is going to happen later because you see how the regime cracked down on people and people will not want 
to move again against them anymore. And then April 2018 came and it happened. And I am pretty sure it can happen at any time, right? There are cracks on the regime, whether, whether we like it or they like it or not, whether we acknowledge that or not. The fact is that there are cracks on the regime. And, and it, can, it can happen for, I don't know. If you ask me what will be like the last drop on the glass that, you know, that it will uh, uh, initiate everything again, I don't know what that will be. But I, I am pretty sure that it's going to happen again. Yeah. Well, just the very fact that, you know, Miss, Uni Miss Nicaragua wins Miss Universe and people, you oh, know, yeah. without thinking, take to the streets. Without, Here we go. Exactly. You know, and, 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 and so. Again, yeah. And once again, the regime was afraid of that. And you see everything that happened after that. And see, and it was a beauty contest, right? So it can be anything. It can be anything at any time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I see that totally. I totally see that. You know, you talk about people who inspire you. Um, and, and you wrote a tweet that says, to the people who have inspired me are now inspiring me and will inspire me. To those who are the light in the candle, not a flash in a pan. To those who prayed the price of believing they're worth more than what the system dictates. To those, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, everybody is dreaming. Well, everybody except those in power are dreaming of a free and just Nicaragua. And I, I get the sense in talking with you that um, we can't, those of us who are allies of the pro-democracy movement in Nicaragua, as well as the people themselves. We can't let up on the pressure that we're bringing to bear, whether yeah. it's sanctions, whether it's, um, you know, grassroots advocacy, whether it's, uh, I don't know about the remesas, sending the money to Nicaragua, because I know that's a two-edged sword, but we can't let up. We have to keep putting the pressure yeah. on the regime, don't you think? Yeah, and the thing is that uh, the first people that we really, really need to convince that this is a fight still worth fighting is ourselves. Mm. Again, because of everything that I was mentioning earlier, the fact that if you are outside Nicaragua, you know, you have to eat, you have to provide for your family and everything, you kind of, you, you can start thinking, you know, I shouldn't be focusing on this uh, no more, or at least at this level. Uh, uh, anything that we have done, or, or nothing that we have done so far has had the impact that we wanted to have. Uh, you know, this sense of maybe it's time to give up, that, that kind of uh, uh, feeling that you may have. Uh, if you are on that spot and you are seeing somebody who's still doing something, who is still excited about doing something about what is happening in Nicaragua, who is still worried about what's happening over there. And I think it, it will motivate you to keep doing, you know, to keep going this road, to keep, to keep the good fight. And, um, but that's something that we have to do among each other. And it also, it's, for me, it's important to acknowledge and that's why I wrote that tweet. That's why I have done a few cartoons about that. 
acknowledging and inspiring people and telling the people who are still, you know, our allies, uh, people like you, like everybody outside Nicaragua who are still wondering, wondering what, is, what is happening over there and trying to find a way to help, that we are still here, that we still do care as Nicaraguans. Yeah. And, and, and acknowledge that, uh, that they inspire us and we can also be an inspiration to somebody else to keep doing things. But mm-hmm. still, but again, the idea is to keep trying stuff. If something didn't work, then try something else. But try just to keep moving. Because if we stay still, they will, you know, stomp on us. I'm sorry. Yeah, you'll, no, I hope fine. I did that. <laughs> no, you said, you said the right thing. You'll be trampled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And I know that um, Rosary Mom said to me the other day, well, uh, now that the bishops and the priests are in the Vatican, uh, should the daily rosary uh, focus on something other than the persecution in Nicaragua? And I said, oh, my goodness, no. <laughs> I can already tell you what the church in Nicaragua would be saying. Please continue to pray for us. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's, it's a tremendous need. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, and, and also we have to say that even when that happened, uh, the persecution against uh, the church, it hasn't stopped. No. Right after they, they sent all these priests to the Vatican, they kidnapped and kicked out of the country at least three more yes. priests. And there is one that we don't know where he is. You know, we, no. we don't know if he, he, was, he was able to get out of the country by, by himself or what happened to him. So this is an ongoing crisis. And, and, and it just changed it, you know, like the way it is presented because now these priests are on the Vatican, but we don't know what's going to happen with them either. I mean, we don't know if, if they are going to be sent on some kind of mission by the Pope to some other place to keep working, if they are go- just going to stay there in the Vatican without talking to nobody because <laughs> no journalist has been able yet to, to talk to any of these people. That's At right, least, and not even yeah. the priests who were sent to the Vatican in October. There's, there's yeah. been no... Exactly, and why is that? Why is that happening? So I think we, we have to keep praying, praying, and also working, uh, you know, for the church in Nicaragua and for Nicaragua in general. Yeah. Speaking of praying and working for the church in Nicaragua, I want to ask you a question about somebody who actually does work for the church in Nicaragua, <laughs> and that's the Cardinal Archbishop of Managua. You know, yeah. you know better than anyone else will share with the listeners that uh, recently Cardinal Leopoldo Brennis lashed out at the Nicaraguan media, and I'm sure he's talking specifically about the independent media who operate from outside the country. And he talked about reliable sources, but he was actually uh, handing out a heavy criticism, saying that there are media outlets that quote-unquote propose promote false news to stir up and distort things, you know, and, and you say it's very interesting how Brennis is more concerned about what is or is not happening with journalism than what is or is not happening within his own church. I'm wondering, uh, 
Cardinal Brenna's uh, criticism? Is there is there a hint of truth in what he has to say? Look, the thing is that I say that because uh, every time that an independent journalist has approached him to ask him about the whereabouts of all the priests that have been kidnapped by the dictatorship, how these priests are doing, even the priests that were, I would say, detained in one of the uh, house for sem seminaries uh, in Managua, those people, mm -hmm. he would say that he didn't know a thing about it that he couldn't say nothing because he didn't knew a thing. He, he wasn't aware of things. And when you were, and when you, you will ask him about anything else, about what has happened in the country and the people and the complaints of the people or everything, he will say, you know, I don't know any, uh, nothing about that because I am not in social media. I don't follow social media. I have no idea what you are talking about <laughs> and everything. And then, you know, journalists are trying to keep, to do their jobs. They are asking to the person who is supposed to be like, you know, the most important, one of the most important voices of the church in Nicaragua, he's not saying anything. And when he says something, when he has, when he finds enough, you know, bravery to talk about something about Nicaragua, most of the time it's just to complain about journalists. You never hear Brennus criticizing something that will happen to have some kind of connection with the regime, never. And, uh, and for me, that's something that it, it you know, keeps my attention. Some people say, well, he is afraid as everybody else of something bad happening to him. Uh, but okay, so he's afraid. He doesn't want to confront the regime directly or anything. Then why is not doing something else like providing good information to journalists, you know, or supporting the people who are supporting the priests who have been imprisoned or kicked out of the country. But he does just the opposite. He go after these people. He go to the journalists to criticize them. But he is not great enough to talk about all the other stuff that is happening in Nicaragua. There are reports that he is, for want of a better term, compromised. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, that uh, either the regime has some kind of information on him that keeps him under their thumb, or there is someone who is part of the regime who is watching over him, uh, mm -hmm. like a, a guardian kind of thing. What Can you unpack some of that? Uh, you know, those are just rumors. I remember one of the most popular ones, or at least one that I used to hear a lot until uh, uh, recently. It was that the reason was that uh, his mother was very ill, and and they used his mother just like to keep him quiet because he he would say something that the regime would not like. He they will stop taking care of the of his mother that was very ill, I understand. I don't know if she was in a hospital, hospital or something. And some people used to say that that was the reason why Brennus was behaving that way. But then uh, this lady, she died and um, everything kept being the same way. So, okay, so it wasn't that, what it was then. I don't know. I, I have to tell you that not his case, but there are some specific cases I don't want to mention names just to know. But I do know, I do remember 
at least two cases of, uh, of uh, priests that um, they were very critical of the government, you know, very, very critical of the government. And then suddenly something happened. They got their computers stolen from them. Uh, and then in a matter of days, they were pro-government, okay? So it was very clear that they found something on those computers. Now, if I am not wrong, I think the same thing happened with, I don't know with, if it was with Baez or with Alvarez or maybe with both, that the same thing happened somehow somebody stole their computers and they didn't, and they didn't change, which it means that they didn't found anything on those computers that do, they could use against them, right? Well, so, I'll tell you, I can tell you what happened in, at the end of October 2018, mm -hmm. because I got, uh, I was involved in this. There were, there was one specific troll on Twitter mm -hmm. who published the phone number for Monsignor Baez's phone. Mm -hmm. And... As I was alarmed to see this, I'm starting to uh, unravel this thread a bit to see who is this guy who states that he has the phone number for uh, Bishop Baez's mobile phone. And as I'm looking through his tweets, I'm seeing one that doxes me. Mm -hmm. And he got my real name. Mm-hmm from having hacked the bishop's phone. And, and do you remember now when Bishop Baez's phone was hacked and he had to, he had to get a whole new phone and it was, mm -hmm. it was a big mess. It was yeah. a big mess in October of yeah. 2018. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I had never planned on maintaining anonymity in social minutes in social media. But when that happened, no, no, thank you. I don't want any <laughs> yeah. part of having my, identity yeah. yeah you know so uh that, that, that's uh, the, yeah that's that's a way that's what I, the, the reason i am mentioning all this is just to uh let everybody know that yes that the, the regime they can do stuff like that okay they mm -hmm. can they can install computers they can install stuff phones or everything and try to find out uh something you know to blackmail priests. yeah if they if they feel like it, if they feel that they can do it, they will find something. And uh, but I don't know if that's the the, the case specifically with Brennan. Honestly, I don't think so. I think it's a it's a mix of fear, but also I don't know so many other things that are, it it will be like guessing too much, and I don't like to get into that. Yeah, but but. Uh, yeah, but you can feel that there is something, uh, you know, going on with Brennan for a while now. Sure. And sure. and um, I'm afraid because he's supposed to uh, put his resignation letter uh, very soon. I think I very don't know. soon. Yeah, and I don't know what's going to happen uh, if the Pope accepts uh, his resignation right away. He has to name another cardinal. And then I have been also talking in social media about how a great opportunity this is, you know, to, to prove not just Nicaraguans, but everybody who, who lives in the exile, who is forced 
out of their country. And there are so many of us right now all over the world. It will be a great gesture if the Pope will say, you know, I, I'm going to name a cardinal out of you people, you know, since we have, we have been living, we have experienced this like any of you uh, with the Nicaragua case, having so many priests kicked out of the country and decide, okay, I'm going to name a cardinal out of you guys. And, and I was saying, he has two great options over there. He has uh, Baez and he has Alvarez. And uh, it would be great to see something like that happen. I don't know if that's to dream too much, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know. But um, it's again, a good dream to have. It, it's a good dream to have. You know, if we are going to have dreams, let's let's have good ones. That's and, right. Uh, and because what the other scenario is that the pop the pop is going to keep Brennes where he is, uh, despite the fact that he's not doing a lot. And and I do know, and this is something that I can say for sure. I do know that there is a lot of people even inside the priesthood in Nicaragua, who are not happy with the, with the way that Brennis is behaving, all right? And um, why they don't come out and say it out loud, maybe it's because out of respect of their votes, maybe because they are afraid of the situation in Nicaragua, but I do know for sure, because I have talked to some of them. And, 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 and there is this feeling that... Uh, Brennan doesn't want to do everything that he could do about the situation that the church is going through in, uh, in Nicaragua. You know, um, as we talk about uh, Cardinal Brennan and, and the situation with the church, there's one conversation that uh, we've been having here on the podcast for the past oh, week, 10 days, and that's about um, the importation of the Chinese model of church governance mm -hmm. to Nicaragua, where uh, the regime itself will be in control of the Catholic Church, similar to what happens in China. Have you given that any thought? Uh, have you had any conversation with someone about that uh, concept? No, I have. I have read some rumors about that. I also, I also put out some tweets about that specifically and how bad it will be if the Vatican or the local church or whoever is in church decide to go that way. Uh, what a big problem that will be for everybody inside Nicaragua. And I was giving the reasons for that. And I was saying, you know, one of the reasons that uh, the regime wants to control the Catholic Church in Nicaragua, uh, there are several reasons for that. One of, of the reasons is, of course, that they want to control everything, right? And the Catholic Church has a very important voice in the life of the Nicaraguans, of course they want to control that. But also there is the civic aspect of the life of the Catholic people in Nicaragua that get together, they get together because of the church. I mean, people uh, who get together in their towns because they go to the same church uh, to, 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 I don't know, to, to do stuff like helping the needy, you know, on, on their neighbors neighborhoods or, 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 I don't know, celebrating uh, uh, Catholic parties like uh, bautism or, or the confirmation uh, sacraments or, or this kind of stuff. 
a lot of life, a lot of uh, uh, communications, a lot of interactions that happen at that level that are spaces of somehow safe spaces for these people because they have known each other for years because they are go they assist to the same church in, in, in their town. So they, they had coffee and they had trust in each other. And all those interactions happen outside the control of the government. So mm -hmm. the government, they also want to control that. And another thing is that, and this has to be specifically with the sacrament of, of confession, of penitence. Uh, if we think, if we see how things are in Nicaragua right now, a lot of people are afraid to say really how they are feeling inside Nicaragua. They are afraid to share uh, their opinions, their views of the country with the people they are working with in their offices, in their jobs, and sometimes they are, they are afraid to do it on, on their neighbors, with the neighbor where they live. And even sometimes with their own family, they are very careful about what they say because they are afraid that somebody could go and say something to the local representative of the, of the regime or something. But they do have this sacrament of compassion. And over yes. there, they, they could go to the priest and say, you know, talking about the respect that should happen with the compassion, you know, I'm feeling this and this and this way, right? Mm -hmm. So that's another space that, that, that it's very important for the people because maybe it's the only place where they can feel free for a second, for a couple mm -hmm. of minutes and get everything they have inside them. Yes, And even that very private place, the government wants to control. And so, and then it's the thing, of course, that they, they also, and this is something that I have mentioned before, they see themselves as gods, right? So they want to take the, the, the place of uh, God in the, in the minds of Nicaraguans. It's not that they want the people to obey them. They want the people to also praise them. You know, and um, so it's a it, it's a very toxic relationship or very toxic intention that they have uh, yes. by, by persecuting the church in Nicaragua. And if the Vatican, if the local church leaders let this happen, if they let the regime to control who is going to be, you know, attending this uh, uh, church and this other one. And all these people respond to them and they become spies, basically, for the regime. Then, you know, I don't know what is going to happen with the faith inside the country. I am pretty sure it's not going to die, but it's, it's going to be very similar to the first Christian communities that they had to, to have uh, their celebrations in secret for all yeah. these structure but because it's no longer serving them is serving mm -hmm. the regime right so that would be very sad and it's very difficult so no i don't think the the, the taking you know sending these priests outside of a country the situation is going to get better it can get even worse and and yeah we all should care about that yeah, I think it uh, will get worse before it gets better. There's no doubt about that. Before we uh, close our conversation, I want to take just a slight detour, and that's to talk about uh, the most famous or one of the most famous uh, Jesuit graduates 
in the world today, and that's Miss Universe, Shanice Palacios, mm -hmm. uh, the former Miss Nicaragua. You know, um, maybe if you have a moment uh, from time to time when you're not doing your own designs to see what the latest costume design she's wearing mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram, I find it fascinating to see how she is using her platform on Instagram to promote Nicaragua in ways that I never expected. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, I'm thinking of uh, in her stories, she is constantly, constantly promoting Nicaraguan content. And uh, I think it's fantastic. What yeah. I wonder is, is she going to lose that voice by having to spend more and more focus on uh, the world as Miss Universe? Or will she be able to maintain that voice, do you think? I think she's very smart. Very, very smart. And I am trusting, and I, or, or at least I hope that she keeps being that smart and, uh, and grows into it and find new ways of, and very clever ways, by the way, to let the people know how she feels about what is happening in Nicaragua and everything about Nicaragua in a very subtle way, in the way that she understands the place where she is right now, and she understands that she has a job right now, that she is Miss Universe. And, and it has, is a job, believe me. <laughs> it, is, it is a job, and, there, and that job comes with a, a lot of requirements that she has to to follow and, and, and you know, and, and, but even, even then, Nicaragua is always on her mind. She hasn't forgotten about her country. Uh, and like you are saying, she doesn't lose an opportunity to push up you know, Nicaragua, to let the people know about her country, where she comes from and everything. And, and, and that's great because, you know, oh, this is like a great country. If you never heard about Nicaragua before, but about what she's telling, you know, in any show you get, you know, interested in it and you want to know more about it, then you will find out what is happening in Nicaragua and maybe you will care about that too. So I think it's, it's a great work, uh, which uh, the, the work that she's doing right now, I really hope because this is something that the regime has been trying for a while right now, you know, to some, somehow take advantage of that, somehow use her on their, you know, and, and uh, for their purpose, I mean, I'm talking about the regime, but they haven't been able to do it yet. And, and I think that's a, that shows a lot of character from her part. And, yes. uh, and the fact that, again, she's very smart with everything she says. She's very careful. But I have no doubt that she understands what is happening. And she's trying to manage things the best way she can and, and try to help on her own way and i think that's great yeah i have a suspicion that when the year of her reign ends next fall she's going to get contract offers right and left and will probably end up being the biggest nicaraguan media sensation in english-speaking media i just uh, have that feeling yeah yeah i hope so i, I hope, hope so, so too 
I don't know if he's going to be able to go back to Nicaragua. I mean, that's something that's, again, she has to say that she's coming back, right? I mean, <laughs> but um, I don't know. Again, I'm trusting that uh, she she's smart enough to, to, to make the, the best decisions for her career, for her, and, and keep, you know, uh, helping Nicaragua in the way that she can. That's great. You know, I want to say thanks again for joining us today. Uh, This has been a a great opportunity for us to follow up on the previous discussion that we had on Twitter and X, excuse me. Uh, But also (laughs) it's an opportunity to catch up in terms of what's happening right now in Nicaragua. And that's so, so important. So um, thanks so much. And would you stick around uh, until the end of the broadcast while we pray for a moment? Sure, sure. Yeah. And thanks for the invitation again. And I'm sorry if my English is too limited (laughs) for everything that I wanted to say. I hope people at least understood uh, the most important parts of I think that I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. You know, today we're going to be praying once again for the needs of the persecuted church in Nicaragua. Uh, People have been hearing us uh, share this petition since day one. Today is episode 26, but we're praying not only for these bishops and priests who are in the Vatican, who certainly are going to be needing Healthcare in terms of spiritual health, emotional health, physical health, but also uh, we're reaching out in prayer for those who need to have a spiritual conversion. And I'm thinking especially of Daniel Ortega and Rosario Murillo, because without conversion of heart in their hearts, there will be no opening, no change know nothing. And so you're exactly right when you say that. So listeners and Pedro, we're going to pause for a moment of prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Listen, I'm so grateful to everyone for joining us today. Don't forget that when you share this podcast with your pastors, with the leaders in your diocese or your local church, you can help to shine a light on the crisis in Nicaragua. You already know that we're available on a number of platforms, Spotify, obviously, but also Amazon Music, Audible, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. And, uh, you know, you can subscribe to us on your RSS feed, too. But when you subscribe, you'll get notifications about when each episode is published.
So we want to say thanks again for listening. Thanks again, Pedro, for being with us today. Thank you. And we hope that everyone will join us in supporting and lifting up those who are facing persecution in Nicaragua. So God bless everyone. God bless. Yes.